time. It is divisional round weekend. I would argue the best weekend in football. And we are here to talk to you, the best fans, because before we get into all the normal stuff I taught, you know, Facebook, YouTube, make sure you subscribe, all that, blah, blah, blah. You guys at home with this hype video have shown out. We cannot even begin to say how thankful we are. Uh, so just some stats to throw at you. We are at 8,500 views already, and it's been less than a week. Videos. 231 likes on this video, not a single dislike. And obviously the comments for the most part have been positive. Couple here and there, but obviously they don't get what we were going for is what that is. But anyway, thank you so much for the support on that. If you have not seen it yet, what are you doing? Go to YouTube, type in Packers playoff hype video, quote, Warriors, end quote. You will see our logo. It is fantastic. Go check that out. Also, make sure you check out the rest of our podcast. You can do so on Facebook, Apple Podcast, YouTube, or obviously you can watch a live stream right here. And uh, Spotify, that was the one I forgot. Anyway, uh, we did not expect this, but we are going to start today's show with a little bit of breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now. All right, so the breaking news is the Packers have just released defensive tackle Kingsley Kiki, a third-year player out of Texas A&M, played 41 games, including 17 starts during the regular season as well as two postseason starts, and he was drafted in 2019 by the Packers. So a young defensive tackle where you think against this 49ers team, they're going to need all the defensive line help they can get. But Kingsley Kiki is out. Dustin, your instant reaction. Um, a little confused, you know, kind of seeing what, what they're doing with that. I thought he was a young, promising player at the moment. You know, obviously, did he contribute as much as we would hope at this point? No, but I think he was starting to come on, especially at the end of the season. He made a couple pretty good plays. And, yeah, I just, you know, I, I kind of want to know why they let him go. So that's my biggest question right now. Well, that was what I was going to ask you is what do, what does this tell you? Obviously, everything is basically – there's a cause and effect to everything. So what caused this and what effect is that going to have? The cause? Alec, shout out to Alec. I don't know if he's watching tonight or not. Texted our group chat and said, well, what does that mean for Zadarius Smith? Does that mean he's healthy? Potentially. And, other than that, I don't really understand. At this point, get all the bodies you can, all the healthy bodies. Because at this point, my other first initial thought was, does that mean TJ Slayton is going to get a lot of action? Because I, when he was drafted out of Florida, the thing on him was he is a run stuffer. And he's a, he's a big dude. Like It's like trying to move a refrigerator. Like You're not going to be able to do it. He's just a big cat. So... I guess that means we're getting TJ Slayton, I would imagine. But also, TJ's, they don't run up the middle a lot with Debo Samuel. It's a lot of outside zone and sweeps, and they don't really run between the tackles, or at least what I've seen. I've only watched a couple 49ers games. And I guess I, I, don't, I don't really understand what the move is. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, as you mentioned, I think it's kind of getting a roster spot for Zaria Smith. I guess I don't know if they have a full roster right now that they need to make space for him. 
I, that would be my first initial thought is they didn't even make space for the guys coming back. So they had to let him go. My second thought is maybe he had some off the field issues, which I never heard of anything on him. So I'm not going to assume that. Yeah. So, and in a Twitter age, I feel like we would have heard if yeah. there was extra. And that's what my maybe thought maybe would come to. Maybe he wasn't getting along with people. I've never heard. It. As far as I heard, he was a nice guy. So, yeah, my guess is just making space. And I don't mind seeing more TJ Slayton. Obviously, he's him being a rookie and, like you said, a huge dude. There's definitely no downside to that. But, yeah, as you said, you know, they're, they're in a lot of outside zone and sweeps and a lot of motions. So, I think, yeah, I think just having, you know, maybe Zedaria Smith back, making room for him is more than likely what it is. That's the only thing in my mind that makes sense. I don't really have a lot of info. This uh, news literally – just broke, so we're still trying to get the pieces together. But yeah, he's he's off the team and practice squad guys. There's, I mean, there's a practice squad, but not really in the playoffs. So I guess we'll see. Uh, they must really believe in Tyler Lancaster and TJ Slayton. That's the only thing I can think of. And even then, those two names. TJ Slayton's been fine when he's been in there. Whatever, he's a big body. Cool, go plug some stuff up. Fine. But Tyler Lancaster, I wouldn't have much faith in him. And well, haven't they been putting uh, Dean Lowry kind of in the middle a little bit too now? Have they been kind of putting him inside a little bit? Well, it, actually, I haven't really thought of it that way because now if you move Lowry inside, well, now you have Gary, either Smith, uh, Whitney Merciless, either of those guys are now going to be on the edges. So that makes some sense. As Lowry's a big body, a l- little more versatile, can get after the passer a little bit more. That would make some sense to me. So I actually like that thought a lot because now if you're moving Lowry to Dean Tackle, I feel like he was never a defensive end. I know he's labeled as that. He d- he's not really a pass rusher. But if you put him inside, okay, he has the ability <laughs> to pass rush. That's not really his thing. But if you put him inside, now you have more versatile outside guys to try and get to, well, this week, Garoppolo. Yeah, so with with our defense, I think after the, with the year changed, we had him as like, you know, eight legit defensive ends obviously deep end you're like you know just shade of the red tackle or head up on the like tight end if you they have a tight end in the set but otherwise now with our defense we have that overhang linebacker kind of we used to have back in the 2010s with uh sorry i can't remember his name at the moment uh dom coach dom that's all i remember Dom capers yeah capers thank you i couldn't remember his name with capers we had like the overhang defensive like linebacker like linebacker defense and hybrid kind of guy and now we're kind of starting to come back to that where we're getting more blitz, blitz scheme, kind of like shading the DN more inside in the guard and calling him like a D-end when really he's playing D-tackle. Well, and that's, I think, the one thing I like about this Packers team versus previous Super Bowl caliber teams. I, they're more versatile on defense. They're a little quicker. Last year's team, and granted it's a lot of the same guys, but Eric Stokes gives you that element of speed. There's just... Darnell Savage gives you that element of speed, and he's a year more experience. They have guys that are versatile and can do different things, which, especially against this Niners team, look, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I am terrified of this Niners team. This is the one team I didn't want. I was rooting so hard for Dallas, although that probably wouldn't be an easy game either. But as we saw, Buffoon McCarthy being Buffoon McCarthy, like that, I want that guy. Now, you could also say that if the sides were flipped and you told me that San Francisco kind of came back and did something done, I believe you. Because I let's be real, Kyle Shanahan, he's labeled as this genius. But are, are we sure? 
It doesn't make any sense to me that he's not getting any heat. His first two seasons, I mean, actually, not even first two seasons, he's been under 500. Now, granted, some of that's injuries. But for the most part, the genius has been under 500 for most of his tenure, except for last the year they went to the Super Bowl, which was two years ago, not last year, and this year. And even this year, they didn't start playing really good until late. So, look, and I guess let's just get into it. Uh, I don't. Let's just get into the news and notes because there's a lot to get to there, and then obviously we will just bleed right into this week's game look ahead. News and notes from the league. All right, so lots of good news. So this is basically what the news is. People that are coming back, that's the biggest news that anyone could have. So that list includes Zadaria Smith, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, although that's one, that one is with an asterisk because he was limited at practice today. That is kind of the plan. But they are bringing him back so slowly, it makes me a little nervous. And, yes, he played in Detroit. That's all great. I'm still a little nervous because they are bringing him along so slowly. Billy Turner, back. Josh Myers, another one, back. He played a little bit in Detroit, but he is also back. Should be a full goal this week. The only one that was a little concerning is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Did not practice today. So that's a little concerning. But Randall Cobb is also back. So at least... If MVS is out, you still have Aaron Rodgers, BFF, Randall Cobb coming back into the fold this week. So, with all of these players coming back, does that make you more hopeful for this game? I mean, it should. Why would it give you less optimism? Yeah, definitely a lot more optimism going in the game. Granted, you know, as you said, you know, obviously we can talk about this when we get to the game look ahead, but I, I think – People are giving the Fortnite's a little too much credit than they maybe deserve at the moment. I think, you know, there's a lot of problems that they have just scheme-wise that I think the Packers match up well. But, yeah, obviously having more depth can never hurt us, that's for sure. And especially with key players on our team in the year past, it's definitely a good thing. For sure. And, look, as I just mentioned, I'm terrified. I want not, I want nothing to do with San Francisco. They are red hot. They're a little 2010 Packery to me. Like, they're just hot at the right time. Uh, they can rush with four, which if our offensive line is back, with a lot of continuity, and they all kind of know each other. The only one that's new was Josh Myers, the rookie, but even he was playing really well before he got injured. So the offensive line should somewhat negate what the Niners want to do on defense because their secondary, let's face it, their secondary, not great. That's the place where you can attack them, especially now if Fred Warner is injured. Even if he plays, he still might not be 100%. So even to take him down a peg, that's going to work wonders for your run game. But a lot of these offensive linemen, their MOs are pass protection because this is a pass-happy offense. But we, as we've discussed on this very show, they are best when they are balanced. So on the offensive side of the ball, you have to remain balanced. I guess we're already – that was pretty much news and notes. Let's go to the game look ahead because that's really all that anyone cares about at this point. Let's be real. So, players coming back. But in my eyes, I'm looking at the line right now. San Francisco is five-and-a-half-point dogs. I don't know why that line is so high. And this is 
this is tortured Packer fan talking. Let's be real. Because they have – I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should have looked this up before we started, but I didn't just think of it till now. How many times have we seen the Niners beat Green Bay in an important game, whether that's Colin Kaepernick running for days, whether that's Raheem Mostert running for days. Like, this team clearly is the Packers' kryptonite for whatever reason. And I think that that goes back at least 20, 25 years. It's not just recently, although the last decade, Packers-Niners has definitely been one-sided. So I guess, Dustin, talk me off the ledge. Why should any Packer fan that's nervous, like me, talk me off the ledge? Why Why should I be optimistic about this game? Well, I mean, they're, they're just not the same team they have in the past. You know, in the past they had they had such a strong rushing attack. I mean, like, you know, you think of them now, they have a pretty good rushing attack. You know, they can you know, do some self-emotion to really throw people off. But, you know, you just like, especially when I watched the Cowboys game, it didn't, it didn't look like, you know, what they were in years past. You know, years past, they could just give the ball off to, you know, Frank Gore or Raheem Moltzer back in the day and just, just pound the ball, just pound it, pound it, pound it. You know, that causes so many problems for defense because, number one, your drives are really extended. You're going to have 25-play drives, and obviously the defense like, really wears them down the game. Well, now they have to throw the ball downfield. Like, they have to try to do different things to get the ball moving, which, you know, for us, obviously our D-line is a struggle stopping the run, but now to try to force them – to throw to, you know, Eric Stokes, throw to Rasul Douglas, throw to Savage, throw to Amos. Like, I feel a lot better them trying to throw the ball downfield with Garoppolo rather than just run it down our throats because then they control the clock. Obviously, anyone understands when you run the ball a lot, you control the clock, it really controls the game, control momentum, and just everything else. And obviously, like I said, with mism- like mismatches, like, I know, I think Sean said in the comments, I think I agree with him, George Kill's the only one I'm really kind of nervous about with mismatches. Oh. Yeah, but at the same time, we have Devondre Campbell, who you know, first team All Pro linebacker this year. So I feel pretty good about that. Still, like, yeah, he's gonna get the best of us at times. That's for sure. I will admit that. But just like you know, just what they do, I think our scheme fits well for what we do: rushing the edges, controlling the ends, not letting them get outside. I just kind of, I feel good about our matchups and just controlling the edge. And fair, all of your points are valid. The George Kittle thing, I do want to touch on, but there is this from a commenter on YouTube. Garoppolo beat up, didn't walk through today at practice. Looking like Lance. The Lance thing is interesting to me. I have not heard anything. I feel like we would have heard something. But then he also follows that comment up with that was from the Niners beat writer on the Jim Rome show today. So I don't have any verification, but let's just go through that possibility because Garoppolo is hurt. And that, I think, really, really favors Green Bay, obviously. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they don't have – they the Debo thing, they don't have anyone to cover Debo. Much like the Kittle thing, they have Campbell, which is fine. But I truly believe it's going to be Amos or Savage on Kittle for most of the game. I, I don't think they're going to trust Campbell. I, and, I look, I don't know the numbers. I don't know how Campbell is in coverage. But – I would imagine they're going to put someone with a little quicker speed on him. But the part that scares me of that, Kittle will run through either of those guys. Maybe not so much Amos, but Savage, he will run through Savage because of that defense, Savage misses tackles the most by percentage. That's a fact. But it's fine because the rest of the team has been tackling so well. So I think it's going to be a lot of Amos on Kittle, but that even still scares me a little bit. But the, D- the Debo thing terrifies me. 
because they run a lot of motion like Green Bay does. So if, if we do that stuff with Adams, and it's we make it look so easy. Look, I love Devontae Adams. He's the best in football. He can't do some of the stuff that Debo Samuel does. I, he is just the ultimate weapon, the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Between him, Kittle, and I'm assuming a 80% Garoppolo, and I didn't even mention Elijah Mitchell yet. Like, it just – all of that makes me extremely nervous. But I suppose – as we talked about before the show, so we talked about Garoppolo already. Fine. He's banged up. Fred Warner, ankle injury. Okay. Nick Bosa, concussion. It is assumed that Warner is going to play. We still don't really know on Nick Bosa, but if I had to guess, I would say he's going to do he's going to do any amount of horse tranquilizer or whatever to get in that game. And I know it's a concussion, but still, I did, yeah. I have no doubt that Bosa will be in this game. If Bosa is not, and I believe Eric Armstead, their other defensive lineman, is a little banged up too. So they're 49ers are banged up. So that's hopeful. I, and there's something about that cold element at Lambeau, especially if Garoppolo has a thumb, a wrist, a shoulder. It's all that stuff. I'm not just saying one or the other. Literally, he is diagnosed with torn ligaments in his thumb, a wrist injury, and a sprained shoulder. In the cold, I mean – it's hard just to walk outside. It was sunny today. It was freezing outside. I wouldn't want to throw a football in that, nor would I want to get hit by a 300-pound defensive lineman. I just I think for defensively, if they can just slow the run. I had this stat I looked up and I wanted to throw it at you. In the, the uh, Kyle Shanahan era, the 49ers, per playoff game, every playoff game, which has been four or five, they're averaging 198 rushing yards per game. That is absurd. That is wild. So it's not a secret. We know what they're going to try to do. Hide Garoppolo. They're going to run it right up, the, right at you. That's what they're going to try and do. Keep Rodgers off the field. Run the ball right at you. So I guess my biggest question, can we stop the run? I know we've kind of both have kind of touched on it. I just – that's the one place, man, where they can get burned so easy. Yeah, I think uh, – I think honestly, you know, this may sound cliche, but I think the easiest way to stop their run game is to control ours, you know. Like you said, it's freezing, and honestly, the one last thing I think that the teams want to do right now is stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, I would not be opposed to a large serving of A.J. Dillon this Saturday. I mean, just Damn. let him run between the tackles, wear the hell out of that defense, especially a banged-up defense like you said – just wear them out, you know, just make them have long drives, force the 49ers to try to get downfield faster. You know, how does that prevent the run right there? You know, force them to hurry up, get downfield, try to score. I, you know, I personally think this to be a high-scoring game. As much as we talk about defenses, I think these offenses are pretty high-powered to the point where it's going to be a high-scoring game. But I, I just think it's going to be up to us to control the clock and help our defense out, you know, just keep them, keep the offense off the field and just have our defense be ready for it, you know. I think zone schemes too, you know, instead of like putting, say putting Devondre Campbell on Kittle, you know, it's much easier just to have a nice zone coverage, which we do a lot this, this season is just pass them off to the next guy, you know, just pass them off so we can keep good coverage, keep contained, just work from there. I 100% agree. I will say Jawan Jennings for San Francisco has come out of nowhere. Although I like the fact that he'll be matched up with either Douglas or Alexander, most likely. 
but he is, was a third down weapon in that Dallas game. Like every third down, it's like, well, it's going to Jennings. And sure enough, and Kittle was invisible in that game. Let's pray that that also happens this week. We saw what happened when Mark Andrews got hot. Like it, that, it was a wrap. It was over. And truthfully, they could have lost that game and maybe should have, depending on what you believe. The other thing I think that's important, and I'm going to piggyback off something you said for this offense, they have got to start fast. Because if you get up 10 nothing, or even, hell, 7 nothing, 10 nothing, 14 nothing, 17 nothing, if you can build a lead, well, now you're asking San Francisco to come back, which they have. They came back against the Rams in a very impressive way. So they are built to do that. But you're going to ask Garoppolo to go into Lambeau and get in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know, five and a half, that's a big number. And even commenter Sean from Facebook, who's watching on Facebook, thank you for tuning in. He says it's going to get to seven, and it probably will. The way the public is just hammering the Packers. I don't get it. That's a big number. I think this game, unless Green Bay can get up fast, if they can get up and get a big lead fast, cool. Then I feel all right. Because I don't – the cold seems to break teams a little easier. So if they get down, you know, 17 nothing, and it's freezing, then it's like, oh, Jesus, okay, let's get this over with. You can break them a little easier. So let's hope that's the case this week. But, man, I just – five and a half, if I'm – and if that number does get to seven, bet San Francisco. I, I would hammer San Francisco because I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. And maybe that's just me being pessimistic, tortured Packer fan because let's face it, the last couple of years we get so close and then it's just heartbreak. We've been dealing with that for the last decade since the last Super Bowl. So 11 years we've been dealing with constant heartbreak. We've made the NFC Championship, I don't know, five times in 11 years. That's amazing. Are the Jets or the Bears – would kill, literally kill, murder for that kind of success. We get there, we can never close the bleeping deal. And I, maybe that's why. Because let's face it, this team is way better than the team that they had last year, and it's way, way better than the team they had in 2019 when they got there. So, and look, the other interesting take or angle on this whole thing, let's say they beat San Francisco. Well, now you got an opportunity to potentially – take out Tom Brady. Total revenge tour. What a great story that would be. It would just be so awesome. And as uh, C. Brault, thank you for watching CB on YouTube, uh, Packers will be fresh, and that's true. The only thing that scares me, and we said this on the show right after they had the bye week, them coming off a bye makes me a little nervous. <laughs> We saw week one when they had a little extra time. Now I know. Look, we we tend to throw that one out, especially in an 18-week season. But they looked pretty sloppy. Against the Rams, they came out, bang, fire on all cylinders. Let's go beat some ass. Great. And I think they should be fired up for this one. Not only is it a playoff game, but it's also the team that keeps knocking you out. Like, strap it up. Let's go get this one. I just... Something inside me, and I just want to say, you've made great points. Like, I should be optimistic. There's something about this game I just am scared of, and I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you have good skepticism with, obviously, a talented San Francisco team and with Kyle Shannon. I think 
you know, as he talked about him maybe not being as good, you know, with his record wise, but I think he does a lot of things offensively that, you know, it's tough for defenses to guard. You know, just with the amount of motions he uses and the amount of schemes he has and the players and the personnel, I, he uses the personnel really well. Yeah, you know, like with Debo Samuel, like, look what he's done with them. I mean, literally, like you said, a Swift's army knife, he can do everything. You know, having to cover that kind of guy, it's a it's torture for defenses because, like, you don't know what they're going to do because you throw – and then you have Elijah Mitchell who you could put him in the slot and he'd still catch a ball. Like, you know, that's just – that's so dangerous to have because you, ha- you have no idea what they're going to do at all times. So yeah. – while you have good skepticism, like I said, I think I think we match up a lot better than the Cowboys did. You know, obviously, like we talked about the weekend, you know, and everyone thinking, you know, this is why, you know, why are the you know, San Francisco dogs in this game? Well, you know, obviously it's seeding, but then you look at it, the Cowboys just didn't match up well with the 49ers. You, know, you look at Trayvon Diggs, obviously what we what I learned out of that game was Trayvon Diggs is extremely overrated. Oh, yeah. He's terrible. I'm sorry. Like, he's – He's interception or it's a touchdown for the other team. He is so hungry for the interception, he's willing to give up a touchdown for it, and that costs his team many times that game. You just see he, the leverage he holds on his receivers, he's trying to bait him into an interception. Well, what teams are starting to do is they're like, okay, we're going to pretend like we're running a drag run across the field and we're going to cut it back up on you because you have such bad leverage. And they were wide open half the time. So that's why, you know, seeing it. And I, I heard this the other day. I was watching a video. They said, you know, what's the difference between a liability corner and a good corner? A liability corner is a corner that is, like, so hungry to try to get the interception that he's willing to go big yards. A good corner is the corner that's not going to let you get yards and try to force you to throw it short. You know, that's what Trayvon Diggs is. He's a liability corner. And so I think we have corners that are making going to force you to throw it short, force you to try to work it down the field. And that's exactly what you want in this game. Well, I think it's safe to say that Trayvon Diggs is not a lockdown corner. Although I don't have the sounder, I see, I gotta figure that out how to get that. Maybe we'll I'll just make some imaging with it. It doesn't matter. Uh huh. But no, I, you are right there. I do think our secondary matches up a hell of a lot better with their outside guys. I guess I don't know how to classify Debo. I I guess when he's lined up outside, cool. Uh, I don't he's, really he's a utility. You can call him a flex guy, like a fantasy. That's what I call him. He's a flex. Is really what he is. I guess it's just so. I mean, let's be honest. We tried that with Ty Montgomery. It didn't really work. We've tried it with Tyler Irvin. It worked when he was healthy, but then they cut him because they're like, "Oh yeah, we can't really do this." And they haven't really been able to replicate that with Amari Rogers, who we've obviously on two shows ago complained about Amari Rogers. So they can't really do that. They don't really have that guy. I guess Aaron Jones would be, but he's not on Debo's level. So I I guess that would be my one X factor. I would say Debo Samuel, if he can get rolling, I don't think uh, they're going to be able to stop because I don't know that they have an answer. And I think Juwan Jennings is a bit of an X factor too. I just, from what I saw from that guy, I mean, he was really dangerous. And look, I've heard the name Juwan Jennings before. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's Jawan Jennings. We got it. It's fine. That dude showed up in Dallas. I was really impressed with what I saw from him. Outside of that, though, the Niners are a little bit top-heavy. I will say that. The thing – and, look, I keep talking myself in and out, and I'm going to get your prediction here in a second. But it's hard because I keep going back and forth because my heart is telling me, we got this. It's fine. My head's telling me, ah. Pump the brakes here. This isn't going to be a cakewalk. And I, obviously, any any 
playoff game's not going to be a cakewalk. So, look, let's just get right at it. We're about a half hour in. We're kind of breaking format because it's the playoffs. So they're breaking format. We're breaking format. What is your prediction for this game? Who do you have advancing to the NFC title game? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that I think the Packers are going to win this game. But, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. And obviously, like you said, it depends on what Garoppolo we're going to get and if we get Garoppolo at all. Because I think if we don't get Garoppolo and they have to start Trey Lance, Obviously, it's going to like it, it might be difficult at first because we're going to have to completely change our scheme from compared to what Garoppolo is going to do. Because obviously, Trey Lance, you're going to see more running, more, you know, wildcat kind of stuff, more just weird stuff. So I think it depends what quarterback we're going to get, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a high scoring game potentially, depending obviously what they do. But I think it's going to be a good game. But Sam Packers are going to win this game. Even with the Trey Lance angle, let's, let's uh, say that that is on the table. I don't know that it is, but maybe. Sure. I just, I just, I'm going to say the Packers win. I think it's going to be tight. So if I was betting on this game, which obviously I'll probably put a little quiche on it. I had a very good divisional weekend. Uh, <laughs> self hum, self break. Uh, I think this game's going to be close. Whereas I see commenter from YouTube, 38-17 Green Bay. That I, I don't see them throwing up 38 points. If anything, I see maybe like a 28-24, 28-21, something like that. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this. My lower half is going to be so tight that I will probably be squeaking as I walk. This game terrifies me in so many ways. I just – so Packers win, so I would bet Packers money line. But – I would if I'm betting the spread, I would take San Francisco, especially if that number gets to seven, because I think that's probably gonna. And if that does end up where it is, man, I just there's something about this team, man. They're just hot at the right time. Oh, man, it's really tough. I've been going as you could tell the anguish in my voice. I have literally been going back and forth preparing for today. Oh, what do I want to say? What points do I want to make? Because this is a re- this is going to be a really fun game, but. I might be really angry at the end of the night. I don't think it would shock anybody if the Packers do find a way to blow this game because that would be the most Packer thing to ever Packer. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, this is what we waited for all season. You know, we've talked about it since the beginning of the year. You know, the whole point of everyone coming back, you know, this is our, you know, last run to say. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure on this game. and It's a lot, you know, just in the community. And I don't know if you guys have, especially even our listeners have heard, but, like, there's a lot of people like really anxious for this game because, you know, they know what's at stake, you know, potentially, you know, um, obviously Rogers last season here, potentially Adams last season here. And so many of the backers that are were crucial pieces to this team. And we just don't know what's going to happen if the season's over. So obviously to win, to end the season with the Super Bowl is ideal. And if we don't, obviously it's going to be crushing to this community. I think, as we go, as obviously we get closer to kickoff, if they somehow can find a way to bring home the Lombardi this year, not only do I think Aaron Rodgers just retires because, I mean, does he come back one more year to try and defend the title? Maybe. But with all the cap casualties, look, this is a special group. I think we all know that. I thought last year's group was a special group. Between all the salary cap stuff that's got to happen and the cuts that are coming and the new guys that are going to be in, this group is special. These, this could be the very last game we see this particular mixture together. I think they know that. I think they know that they have the ability 
to do something really special. So I think they're going to come out laser focused and ready to roll. So for that reason, I'm a little hopeful. But man, just so many years of torture and just oh, it just oh. Okay, let's just go on to random pack of the week because I got a good one. It's time to get wacky. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. All right, strap it on because I got a great one. It's Packers Niners Week. So I thought, hmm, what player could I pick to represent this whole dealio? This whole rivalry, I guess, if you want to call it. So I thought of a great one. He was a running back that was discovered in the divisional round against San Francisco. In San Francisco, number 26, Duwan Harris. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. He went off he, that game. I remember he that. Was, he was incredible. We're like, oh my God, we found another one. It was James Stars. Brandon J- oh, we got another one. Great. Now Rodgers has a running game. <laughs> after that, it was just a real quick decline he was just hot for one night yeah he was he was a one-hit wonder that's for sure yeah uh, wow what a blast from the past that was <laughs> i i'm pretty sure i put a face I, I did not do many facebook posts but i'm pretty sure he was one of my very few facebook posts i said who is this harris guy because <laughs> you just did not know who he was he just came out of nowhere literally it was just all of a sudden they started running this 26 out of the backfield we're like who in the hell is that guy harris who is that? I actually do the same thing with their tight end number 84. I know his last name is Davis. I know nothing about him. He just showed up one day. It's like, oh, now he's dropping passes from Jordan Love. Great. Here we go. Another white tight end for us to have, right? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, random, oh, random, random honky, you know? But uh, anyway, so... Was that? You're going to get us canceled. <laughs> I'm white. Come on, man. Okay. We, I'm we not can, gonna... we anyway, can say that. It's okay. It's okay, Alex. Anyways, my random pack of the week was a center for the Super Bowl team, Scott Wells. Oh, yeah. I knew yes, it was good old Scotty. Scott Wells. That guy was good. Didn't he make a couple throws? Uh, I, I might be thinking of Darren College. Yeah, you might be thinking of him. But, yeah, that, let me tell you, this guy, if I've ever seen a Scottish, this is the guy. Look at him. Scotty. Yeah. Scott That's Wells. Weird. I remember Scott Yep. No doubt, but yeah, what a blast from the past. I love that guy too. And then he ended up leaving for LA and then he ended up not being any good after that. Yeah. Although, I mean, that might be a thing. I don't, I look, I'm a Heat fan, as you can see by the Dwayne Wade jersey behind me. So there's that quote unquote heat culture. So they find guys and develop guys and it's grit and it's grind and blah, blah, blah. And they find guys and then they get paid somewhere else and they suck. I kind of feel like that happens with Packers offensive linemen. I guess we have yet to see on Corey, Corey Lindsley. But there's Scott Wells. Darren College, I think, made a Pro Bowl with Arizona, but then after that was never to be heard of again. Uh, Chad Clifton, I'm pretty sure, just kind of literally fell off a cliff. But he stayed in Green Bay. There's someone else I'm thinking of. I think he was a left tackle. Oh, Brian Bulaga. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of falling off. And he just can't stay healthy. He's fine. He just can't stay healthy. So there might be a little – I don't know if we could start a hashtag, but a little hashtag Packers culture because I or Packers O-line camp. I know they do that in college. Like, oh, that's running back you. That's wide receiver you. I, Green Bay's probably O-line you. I don't know that that's a thing in the pros, but 
Yeah, so actually, uh, it's funny because I was just with my trainer today. We were talking about how Green Bay runs like offensive line camp. So like they're really well known for like their training, especially in offensive line. Just you succeed, you see the success year in and year out. And you know what's funny because like even when I'm in college, like I look up videos on Green Bay Packer linemen of like different like techniques techniques they have had and like different things they've done. And it's crazy how much you see of Green Bay players have learned it and done it, and like how they taught it. It's like you know, you could call them the offensive line of the NFL. You really could. Well, and what's funny, and I actually heard Colin, I think it was Colin Cowherd. I want to give credit to the right person. I think it was Colin Cowherd said, if there's a couple things in the NFL you know they're going to be good at. One, the Packers drafting offensive linemen. Two, the Steelers finding receivers because they always find receivers. And then there was another one that I'm blanking on. But really, I mean, even with those two, like – you know that the Packers are going to find linemen. You know the Steelers are going to always have receivers. That's why anytime Pittsburgh takes a receiver after Green Bay, it's like, oh, that guy's probably going to be amazing because that's just how it goes. But oh, we got Devontae Adams, and that's really that's really my big X factor. If Adams has a huge game, we're good. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, you look at the Packers last, like you know how many. You know, receivers they've drafted. I mean, look at how good they've ended up being. You know, obviously, you look at Adams, Nelson, Cobb, Driver. You know, you look at Greg Jennings, even too. Like, how many guys, you know, you could argue Rodgers, whatever. But, anyways, they had successful careers regardless. Yeah. And they, they haven't done it recently. Look, you can do whatever you want about uh, Lazard, although he was undrafted. That actually was a fine. Okay. I'll give him Lazard. But, like, MVS, okay. Jamon Moore, that was a guy who was like, oh, cool. That didn't really work out. Amari Rogers, as of now, has not turned out. So I, they leave something to be desired. But you're right. In the 2010s, they crushed it. Like, they were, you just named a bunch of them. And, in fact, there's that famous picture where it's Jermichael Finley, Cobb, Nelson, Jennings, and they're all <laughs> locked up together. Like, that team, oh, man. If we had those weapons going into Saturday – it's a wrap. It's over, especially with this version of Aaron Rodgers. It's <laughs> over. Forget about it. And if we had Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon too, my God, that was really a super team that really went unappreciated because they weren't very successful. And, but and, well, I suppose the defense for those teams sucked. But oh yeah, not yeah. awful. Special. <laughs> but that's that's really all I have to say on that. So it's a big weekend. So big Al's big five. Well, actually, I can't call it that anymore. I totally forgot we rebranded. Rebrand. Let's rewind. The Lockdown Gambling Show will be coming to you Saturday morning before the playoff games start. Obviously, next week with the championship games, when we get back to normal with only two games. But this week, we have Saturday and Sunday games. So we will go Saturday morning. I almost said Sunday. Saturday morning for the Lockdown Gambling Show. And I defeated Jody last week. I had a really good week. Cincinnati, yep. Buffalo, yep. Philly to cover. Ooh, that one didn't turn out so hot. That was a loss. Uh, San Francisco to win. Heck yeah. Kansas City, that was a slam dunk. And then the Rams. There was a lot of Cardinal buzz. Can we just talk about that before we go here? What was with all the Cardinal buzz? In what world has Arizona looked good in the last two months that you thought, oh, they can go into someone else's house and win a playoff game? Ooh, yeah, that was that was that was a brutal game. That was really brutal to watch. I it, 
I don't know. I don't know what people were thinking that the Cardinals were going to turn it around like that and just boom, they're back to what they were. I, I honestly, I think Cliff Kingsbury is part of the problem. I really do. I think he just cannot figure out an offense with Kyler Murray. I just like you just can't figure it out. Granted, it doesn't help that they did have injury issues with like DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, it hurts having your number one weapon out there, but like you got to figure it out. You have talent. Like, there's no way you can't figure it on offense out. Like, you know, Kyler Murray can't run anymore. So, why are you trying to force him to still do it? That's my question. And this is what I have. This is the problem I have. Now, I'll get on my rant. Yeah. Of running quarterbacks. It's not even really much of a rant, but it's just, it's just facts at this point. You know, you look at running quarterbacks year in and year out. You know, what ends up happening to them like a couple years down the road? They get hurt. Like, and this is why. When we see running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, why do you think they dropped in the draft? Because they can't stay healthy after a couple of years. Because, they, yeah, we're going to have a couple of success years of non-Super Bowl and then until they get injured and then we're going to have to move on because they get too injured and they can't play. You know, I just – I don't understand the logic behind it. I really don't. Well, and your points are valid, and I don't really have a lot of evidence to say, well, because there really hasn't been much evidence. Yeah. A lot of it, to me – they have to stop taking these big hits. And look, Kyler Murray, that was a freak thing. Like, he was running out of the pocket, ankle got rolled up on, whatever. It's football. It happens. I get it. But, like, I see Lamar Jackson take big shots. Joe Burrow, he hasn't so much this year. But look, Burrow didn't take a lot of big hits this year. Now he's going to be MVP or runner-up for MVP. Like, I think there's an aging and maturity process that comes along. And look, Murray's only been in the league for, what, three, four years? Like, it's, we, as we said last week about the Jordan Love thing, it takes time. So, yes, I can't really argue you because so far, Vince Young, Robert Griffin III, Lamar Jackson, for the most part, he did have his MVP season, but has battled injuries. So, there's a lot of guys. Now, I could also, I guess I could counter with Josh Allen, but he's kind of a weird scenario. Like, he's just so big and strong. He's basically like Cam Newton before Cam ultimately fell off a cliff. So Cam Newton, I guess, he got to a Super Bowl, but then that was it. Uh, Josh Allen, we're seeing Josh Allen go from, oh, God, why would they take this guy at seven? This guy sucks, to all of a sudden, oh, damn, Josh Allen. Some people are talking about taking him over Mahomes for the next 10 years. I don't know that I go that far, but the point being that he's even in that conversation. So, look, and of all the playoff stuff that's <laughs> – that happened. Yes, I know. I shouldn't be. I look. I shouldn't be evaluating quarterbacks. Let's be real. As commenter Chris pointed out on YouTube again. Thank you for watching. Uh, <laughs> but no, I understand what you're saying. I just I don't understand how anyone could have thought. Oh yeah, Arizona after losing to Seattle and really the only big game they won down the stretch was at Dallas and even then, Dallas hasn't looked great for a month either. So. I, I didn't understand that. Uh, the Cincinnati game, kind of okay, cool. New England Buffalo, I didn't expect it to be that big of a blow, but I thought Buffalo would handle that game pretty well. Philly Tampa, if I had to one word or you know a sentence, Jalen Hurts not ready. Like he might be something, but yeah. he's, he's not ready yet. That was so, like you said, like the the Bills game shocked me a little bit because I thought the Patriots were going to put up a little more fight than they did. Yeah. I mean, they got crushed. I mean, it wasn't even close. But uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts watching him throw some of those passes downfield, I was like, 
man, I'm like, this guy can't really throw. I'm like, this guy can't throw yet. At least yet. Like, maybe you can work on some mechanics, but, like, he was way off in half those throws. Like, it wasn't even close. And that was the thing. Like, when you watch him throw the ball, you're like, oh, he's taking a deep shot. And all of a sudden, you see the receiver, like, 10 yards behind. It's like, where was he throwing that ball? Like, what is he doing? Like, yeah, that was an ugly game for him. And I thought – I had hope for him, too, this season because, like, the way they had the offense set up, you know, we can go on the hurts another another time, but that was an interesting season for him, especially seeing that it was a little disappointing. I think he would towards the end. I think what Philadelphia realized is he can be like Walmart bargain bin Josh Allen. He can run effectively. He can make simplish throws. He can He doesn't have the arm that Allen does, but really, let's be honest, nobody has that kind of arm except for maybe Mahomes and Rogers. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, you can run with them. You can do a couple things. But, look, Tampa's run defense is awesome, especially now that they were getting guys back. So you take that away. Okay, well, now you're forcing Jalen Hurts to throw, which is the one thing that he can't really do yet. He's only a second-year player. There's time. I wouldn't give up on him quite yet. But, eh, you know, I. What he's just not ready. And that's okay. He doesn't have to be ready. Philly was kind of a surprise. We did, after their coach – his opening press conference, we all thought they were going to suck. To make the play, to make the playoffs, cool. Like that's a good season for Philly. It ended disappointing, but let's be real. Did anyone really think that Philly was going to win that game? No. No. Even Philly fans at some point would probably be like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe we could have kept it close, covered the spread, but probably not winning that game." Especially at Tampa, no shot. Uh, what's the other game? Oh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Big Ben had a foot out the door before the game even started. I said that on the gambling show. Like, he was like, yeah, we probably don't deserve to be here. As soon as you say that, you're checked out. You want nothing to do with that game. And his performance showed that. And then we talked about Arizona and the Rams already. So, any big predictions for this weekend outside of Green Bay? Do you like anybody else? We have some commenters commenting in his predictions. Packers, Bills, Rams, and Cincinnati moving on to the title games. What do you think? What happens this weekend? Yeah, so I mean, I'm with Chris, except uh, I think Buccaneers beat Rams. I don't, I just, you know, Rams just don't, they cannot keep it consistent. They're always so inconsistent. Like one week, you know, they look like, you know, the next team to win the Super Bowl, then the next week they look like the worst team in the league. You know, there's no, I don't trust them at all. Like they're like, they're probably like, you know, Cardinals are number one. I don't trust them. And then Rams are like right behind them where I don't trust them. Because yep. again, you don't know what Stafford you're going to get. It looks like, you know, like the beginning of the year, Stafford were like, holy crap, this guy's the MVP. And then you look like, oh, here's the Lions Stafford again. You know, you just don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah, I don't I don't trust them at all. I, the only reason that I thought they would beat the Cardinals is because I just didn't like that Cardinals team and how they were trending. I don't – there was a stat that Matt Stafford had thrown something like four or five interceptions in the last three games of the season or something. Like something ridiculous. So – I. I didn't have – look, Tampa's defense is a hell of a lot better than Arizona's. So the only interesting wrinkle for the Rams is that Cam Akers came out and he looked good. Like, I was like – I got him in our dynasty league that no one cares about. I mean, watching nobody cares about that. I was like, oh, boy, did I come up with a gem there. Because he – that's interesting. But, again, Tampa's run defense is really good. So how much is that actually going to play, especially in Tampa, where Tampa doesn't really lose? I guess we'll find out. But I'm right with you guys. So it should be a fun weekend of football. This is really the best weekend of football. Last week was like a little appetizer. We had the extra game, sure. But, it, you know, it's 
It's one of those things where it's a little appetizer, a little teaser before the actual meal. This is the actual meal. This week is going to be so much fun. It will be anxiety riddled, at least in my household, because like I said, I'm going to be so tight watching this game. I'm going to get up to go get a snack and probably squeak as I walk because I'm going to be that tight. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Go check out that hype video if you haven't. If you need a little pick-me-up for the game, go check that video out. It it did the trick for me, and so far it seems to be doing the trick for a lot of other people. So go check that out. And, again, thank you for your continued – I can't talk. Thank you for your continued – Continued support there. We do appreciate it as I start to come unglued here towards the end as I crawl to the finish line. Um, so subscribe to YouTube. You can find the actual audio-only podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page. We do a lot of stuff on there as well. Thank you for watching. Enjoy the game this weekend. I hope that your sphincters won't be quite as tight as mine. And always and forever. Oh, hey!